Today is February 21st. I am not Jimmy or Jake. I'm joined by Jolly Olive. We're going to talk Yanks and Mets. Hello and welcome to Talking Yanks. Full disclosure, you're expecting Jimmy or Jake on here. Jake got married this weekend. Jimmy was down there. That's why an episode didn't happen Thursday. PPPs start rolling out. Um, Jimmy, I believe, was also under the impression he'd be back today to do this episode. And uh, schedule didn't didn't work out. His flight is a day later than I think he thought. So we need to get something out because it's the first episode of an episode a day every day until opening days so if you're looking for them we just posted like four i think four ppps and more are coming this week and jimmy uh will be back tomorrow to record thursday's episode and we're an episode of every day till opening day so that's exciting spring training's here uh and i'm joined by jolly olive the host of shea station ref guest mlb connect uh all the shorts you see over on JM Baseball. And you're heading to spring training. I correct? am. I'm heading over tomorrow, which is why I'm excited to talk about a team that isn't the Mets because for the next week I'm going to be doing Shea Station PPPs. I'm going to be filming a bunch of content with Jerry down there. BBD, I appreciate you being the producer and the host at the same time. I don't know how you're doing it. And uh, I've been told that I'm like Walmart John Boy or like Hispanic mm. John Boy, so... I'm kind of filling that void yeah. a little bit. Hopefully we can like trick people in the thumbnail. <laughs> uh, we do have a light like broken in here. So maybe mm. that's like, there's like, oh, the lighting's like face off. morph me a little bit. Um, I think we could sell it. So yeah, I don't know. We're uh, talking Yanks as always brought to you by SeatGeek. Mm. And, uh, you know, while we're here, I'll knock this out. Do it. If you want to go to anything, I'm going to the Nick game in Washington, D.C. this Very coming nice. weekend. Uh, and I use SeatGeek to go there. I grabbed a green bubble seat. If you're familiar with traffic lights, you understand how the app works. You want a green seat. Green means go. They also have a numerical scoring system with that. A red seat is a bad one. You're getting a bad deal. Mm. Green is good. Red is bad. Uh, and and we've got the hookup. If you've never used SeatGeek before, Code Yanks will get you $20 off your first order. So... Check out SeatGeek. Literally easiest app in the world to use. Beautifully delivered as always. BBD, before we get into the questions that we're going to ask each other, which is the plan for today's episode, mm-hmm. I want to start us off by doing one of my favorite trivia questions about the Mets and Yankees, if that's okay with you. It Luis used to Castillo. be it used to be my favorite because uh, the guy who was about used to be a member of the team. He is no longer. But I'm not sure if you were in the room when I first asked this question, but I think the listeners might enjoy it. So I'm going to ask it anyway. Jacob DeGrom, former Mets ace, now Texas Rangers ace, made his debut back in 2014 in the Subway Series. Mets versus Yankees at City Field. Mets were a 500 team. Yankees were a 500 team. Both of them needed the win. Big game. 
DeGrom, let's check his game line, was really good. Seven innings pitched, one earned run, four hits, two walks, six strikeouts. The Yankees only scored one run that game, but they still won the game because they also had someone debuting on the other side that mm-hmm. twirled four and two-thirds shutout innings. Do you remember who that is? I do recall at one point going around, and it was like a, the trivia was that somebody made their debut. Mm-hmm. I'll give you some fortunately, clues. Fortunately, I don't immediately recall who it is That's good. as of this. He uh, later pitched for the Rays and the Braves, and he has a career war of wow. exactly zero. Huh. <laughs> He's been Rays and Braves. I was gonna I was going to guess like Chad Green's debut was mm, around mm, then, mm. but he's uh not yet pitched for the Blue Jays. He's been only Yankees so far. Uh signed with the Blue Jays a few weeks ago. I don't know if we talked about it on here, but happy for Chad. Um I do not I, I do not know. You were close. It was also a ch name. Do you remember Chase Whitley? Oh Chase it is- Whitley. Yes. Outdueled Jacob DeGrom on DeGrom's first game in the big leagues. Is he? Oh, uh, you know, and you know who I confuse Chase Whitley with sometimes is uh, is Dustin Mosley. Dustin Mosley. Um, <laughs> who I believe for for a while there, like until 2017, when the Yankees like got back to the playoffs for real. Mm. I want to say he, had, he was like, he, it was like, him and CeCe were like the last two Yankees starting pitchers to record a win in the playoffs. That's tough. It was dude. like a weird, it was a weird stat like yeah, that. Yeah, 2010 Yankee. He get, I believe he gets a win in the 2010 ALCS. That's um, so funny. Is that real? Did they? Yeah, he did. Well, he yeah, two shutout innings against the Rangers. Perfect innings. Struck out four, got the win in game one. How about Dustin Mosley? Dustin Mosley, game one winner. Game, the Yankees in, in twenty twelve or twenty eleven, rather, they lose in five in the DS. But I think it's like this. It wasn't a starter that recorded either win, or if it was, it was like CC. Not the way I thought this episode would start out. Yeah, especially because we do have kind of some news. There's some. There's like a Yankee tangential piece of news that just came out. I think it works. Like literally today. You want to deliver it? Uh. Old friend Luke Voigt. Mm-hmm. He's been on this show. True. Um, signed with the Brewers, Sam Minor League deal. So that's exciting for Luke. I like the fit a lot. Yes, I'm, I feel bad that it's on a minor league deal, but there's yeah. been, and I, t- I mean, I tweeted it too. There's been jokes about how he's meant to be a Brewer mm. on Twitter for years. Right. He's, he's going to be a perfect fit. They're going to love him, uh, assuming he can he can crack the the opening day roster and like get run with him. I'm sure he has an opt out at the end of spring if he's not going to make the team or something, but he is like the, he fits their needs yeah. and, and I don't know, one injury away from, from time there. I mean, it's really just because he's 32. That's the reason why it's a minor yeah. league deal because I, I listened to the trade tree episode that you guys did last week, enjoyed it a lot. And I remember, I recall the Giovanni Gallegos trade and how, I think it was, was it one for one or was Shreve? It was, was also it? Shreve going that way and the mm. Yankees got some bonus money who I don't, and I don't immediately recall who they used to get that. I don't believe it's somebody who's made it here. Sure. But, but I mean, Luke Voigt, 22nd round draft pick in 2013, doesn't come up for another five years. He has a 124 career OPS plus. Dude, every, every year he's been Every positive. time he is like healthy and playing, he really hits. Cause that, yeah. I mean that, 
124 includes like a full half year in 20, was it 2019, 2021, mm-hmm. he, where he like wasn't healthy right so and he has three 20 homer seasons and you know what he stole his first base last year so you got one maybe he unlocked a new weapon there got one Speedy yeah Luke non-tendered Roy. by by the nats this which this is kind of crazy yeah like i i think they were probably doing him a favor because they have no they use guess. for him they have manessis and then I, they picked up dom smith so i guess that's their platoon but still yeah but it, the, it, it didn't feel right i'm no. sure he's making whatever real money. And then I think after this year, assuming he gets the service time, Oh, no, he's still two years away from free agency. So the Brewers at first base right now, they have Rowdy and that's, that's definitely Rowdy's spot. I wonder mm. if Rowdy had bad lefty lefty splits and that's where the inspiration yeah, for this he'll move get is. The, the against lefty games at first. And I think he has a good shot of cracking the roster. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be honestly surprised I, if he didn't. Maybe it's more like Jesse Winker's listed as their DH right now. Yeah. Maybe it's more, he'll, he get, He'll be off his feet on against lefty days, but I always for Rowdy. I always forget isn't a switch hitter. I know, and he he, he kind of feels like home runs last year. He's really good. I like the I like the Brewers this year a lot. I like them too. I mean, um, they have a couple pieces up there. They always feel like they're one bat away. Maybe Luke's that bad. They got William Contreras, which I love. I think Jesse Winker will bounce back, and I think Luke Floyd will find a spot, and that's pretty exciting. Three power hitters. Yeah, they got. A little bit of real pop. Hmm. Lee Adamas hit 28 last year. If Yelly can find, or he's projected for 28 this year. Mm. He's hit, he had at least 20 last year, I think. So we've talked about the Brewers. We've talked about Dustin Mosley. We've yet to get to the topic of today's yes. episode. Yes, and uh, obviously Frankie Montas out for the year. Maybe we'll, it'll be touched on mm. throughout the conversation today, but we'll talk more specifically about that with it'll uh, be touched with Jom next episode. It'll be touched he's on. back. But Do you want to start us off, or should I start us off? I will defer to you. Okay. Get a, get a sense for the kind of questions you're thinking about. Feels I think right. you had more ready to go. Feels right to start with the Yankees question, because it is a Yankees show that I'm trying to take over a little bit. All right, so I have a couple. I have some some boring, obligatory ones that kind of you know pertain to spring training storylines, mm-hmm. and I have some fun ones that we'll get to later. But first one I want to ask you is kind of fun. And I just okay. want to get your opinion on it. I just want to know, this isn't like a yes or no, give me an answer kind of question. What are your thoughts on Domingo Herman wearing the number zero? Oh, I actually, I weirdly am opinionated on it. <laughs> That's, I, I felt like you had a take on it. Uh, I am kind of like uniform number guy. I remember that was one of right. the first like games I played with Jimmy and Jake when I like met them in 2018. I was like, by the way, like, I like no. I don't know any numbers. uniform numbers. I'm really like, bad with them. It's so much less useful than like like Jake has. He knows where every player went to college mm-hmm. or, and and things like that. Like I, I know what uniform number they wear. Um, I kind of just don't like the number zero in general. So I'm mm. sort of fine with him being the guy wearing it. Interesting. Um, I liked it on Otto when he was when he and was. And I here. believe he wears it with the Mets now. Yeah, I believe so. Zero. And he uh, and he like. It's cool, and that yep. was, and he would, he broke the seal there on on zero. I don't believe it had really been worn by by a guy who's like really on the team. Um, yeah, I mean he needed a, a new number. I kind of wish he didn't because it's Domingo Herman, and I'm comfortable saying uh, he's a tough guy to root for sometimes. <laughs> Don't think that's a hot. I don't think he necessarily should have gotten his choice Mm. uh, on something like that, and he got kind of a 
a cool number for the kids, I would never pick it. But right, like I think this might be the Dan Rourke in the back of my brain talking mm-hmm. because I I read so many of his takes on Twitter. I this this always felt like Volpe's number. Yeah, I I think I know he and and some of the other Twitter kids are like hot on like. Volpe should wear zero. It's the last single digit. Which, left. like, if enough people say it, I'll just buy it and believe in it too. Never. Yeah. Had a I mean, if it happens, sh- sure. Um, but it, hey, maybe that'll keep that. Maybe that keeps that from happening. If Volpe comes up and gets a a different like real number this year. Yeah. I mean, they made Peraza wear ninety one last year, and he's still is he still 91? still ninety one right now. <laughs> uh, I would I would assume Volpe when he gets his first taste isn't getting a real number. I Which, like, like this in hindsight ninety five. I like that. Yeah, that's fine. I, yeah, it's unique. Yeah, like he's the only one to do it. Anything with like a five and a zero, I'm into. Yeah, I can get behind fives. Yeah. Um, which in hindsight, like weird, the Yankees like immediately gave Jeter too. Yeah. I mean, they believed in him obviously, and I think they believe in Volpe. Huge vote of confidence too. though. Like a single so, digit number is a massive vote of confidence. Yeah, I like it in, on any team. Like if you're given that upon debut, like yeah, yeah. Domingo I mean, Herman, we're out of them. Domingo so. Herman is the only single digit on the Yankees right now. Yeah, the others all retired. All retired. Yeah, um, crazy. Domingo next. Domingo, <laughs> man, he's gonna like be the fifth starter to start crazy. the year. I think, he, or he at least he at least has the leg up. We'll um, also talk about that. I think. All right. Uh, I'll I'll defer. I'll go to 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 one of my questions heading your way. Okay. <clears throat> the um Mets pod. The Mets had a had a eventful off season. They did some things. a lot of additions. Is who is the addition they brought in that you're most excited about in general, and mm. I suppose most excited to see like this spring. So we had the flash. We had Justin Verlander. You know, mm. I liked Jose Quintana a lot. I think he's got some stuff in the tank. Really, really likes, good down the stretch last year. Really good down the stretch last year. I think he had like the best. I don't want to say ERA, but he was the best. Maybe Among, he was up there. He was up there. He was really, really good for the Cardinals. He, uh, I remember, like last year, he was talked about as guy Yankees might go after to eat. I would have liked that deal for them. Like, I would have liked that be reliable. Probably would have costed less than Montas too, which like hindsight's twenty twenty. But yeah, still. he ended up better. But then yeah, there's no way to know. I really like D Rob, postseason experience. You know, he's been he's thirty eight, but he's been doing it for so many years. There's yeah. no reason to he's not so good count last him. year. I really liked most of the moves they made. But if anyone who watches my channel knows that the one I'm most excited for is Kodai Senga. Mm-hmm. Um, Senga has kind of been. It's weird because Verlander and all these big names came in, and I think the most coverage so far of Mets camp has gone to Kodai Senga. There have been a couple at bats of Mets hitters against him where they say that they literally cannot see the ghost football <laughs> pitch, like it's living up to the moniker. He's throwing high nineties. He's touched a hundred. Like I'm, I'm obviously concerned because it's always a toss up with Japanese mm. pitchers, Japanese players in general. Got to um, see it for real. Yeah, and like I do the most that I can in terms of background checks. Like I did a lot on Say last year, and I thought that he had a pretty good year. I think he was like a one fifteen OPS plus, plays a good outfield. You take that to the bank for I think the fifteen mil a year that they're paying him. With Kodai, you know, there's a lot of protection in his contract. He's not doing the WBC, so we don't have to worry about that. Uh, and I think that he is going to be good under the spotlight because the team that he played for in Japan won like six of their version of the world series. Like they were the team over there. 
So there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. He's slotted as the number three right now. I don't know if that'll stick, but he's the one that I'm most intrigued by because I feel like him being good takes the Mets back to that 100 win level and him being a four ERA guy that makes 25 starts. You know, we're still in a good spot there, but maybe mm, we don't have the useful. juice to take the Braves or whatever. Yeah, I uh, I would assume that, that between him and Verlander got to be like the two biggest answers to that question in, right. in Mets camp. Just Verlander just won a Cy Young, is like a Hall of Famer. Turn but Senga, just guy, we, we haven't seen him. And he's, anytime you get like the new guy from Japan, it's just so exciting you want to check it out so i assume whatever his first spring training start that'll be whenever that happens that'll be the biggest most watched game of of spring sadly will not be when i'm there uh, which mm, is have they announced that yeah they announced that he's gonna throw in the backfield on monday a couple of people thought that he might start i'm hoping because we start the year in miami i'm hoping that they defer him to the first city field series of the year, which I think is what they're doing with Verlander. Yeah. And there's, and they're splitting Verlander and Scherzer. Right. right? So it's so not going to be Verlander Scherzer game one game two. I'm pretty sure it'll be like Scherzer, Quintana, Carrasco, Verlander, Senga. Start the fourth game of the year. If but. I had to guess. But yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. That'd All be right. Cool. It is talking Yanks. Let's turn it back to the Yanks and let's see where I want to go with this one. I have, a, I have a good one. Okay. So I'm looking at the Yankees starting lineup. Labor Torres leads off second base. Josh Donaldson third. Anthony Rizzo first, and Oswald Peraza shortstop. Makes sense to me. Makes sense in my brain. IKF on the bench. DJ on the bench. Kind of shocking to me. Oswald plays. Oswaldo plays everywhere. Mm-hmm. When the Yankees inevitably make it back to the postseason this year, which I'm pretty sure we're all assuming, we can all assume will be true. What in a perfect world? In BBD's perfect world, where the Yankee season is as fun as possible. What is the starting infield for that postseason game one lineup? I, I mean, most fun would be Volpe getting in there. That's but, the uh, question. But that's sort of that one that I've got sort of out of my brain. Like I don't have him as part of this year. The Yankees like just slow play their prospects, which I get. Um, Not even in like August September. You don't think it's happening? I mean, I think I think we we maybe see him debut. Like maybe they do what they did with Peraza, and if he's, I don't know, Peraza was like his numbers are all good when he played. Yeah, and he ended up starting some ALCS games. Looked good in the crazy. field during those games too. Lights didn't look too bright. Yeah, wait, but it's three oh six last year. How about it? Yeah, his numbers are like good. It's so frustrating how that all shook out. Still only twenty two, Peraza. Yeah. So I mean, he's young. He um. But I'd ha- I have to their their best realistic arrangement there would be DJ at third, mm. uh, Peraza, Glaber, Rizzo. Mm. Obviously, you never know who's going to be hurt. There's a chance Donaldson bounces back. Uh, do I bet on it? No, I think but, Steamer likes him this year. Right? But like, uh, I mean, people are not going to be happy that that I'm saying this. But you know, it's a time of optimism. Like, mm. there's. There's a chance Donaldson just like had a bad year. That happens in baseball. Right. His hard hit stuff, uh, like he's his max exit velos are were kind of in line with his career stuff. His averages were, were down a little bit. That is a, is a bit of a sign Good of age related decline. Year, but he, yeah, he was still an elite defender. Like not not good. Like he somehow uh, wasn't even a Gold Glove finalist. I think, but he 
was he, he and ironically DJ as well were kind of the two best defensive third basemen in in the AL. Right. Uh, biased, but <laughs> I, no, I remember like looking through it a few times during the season. I was like, there's not people better. Right. But uh, regardless, Arias took home the gold glove. He was the other guy in that conversation. Nice guy. Happy for him. That's cool. But uh, but yeah, there's like there's a chance Donaldson bounces back. And he at least has a chance to run into a homer with that, with last year being as bad as it could possibly be for him. Essentially the numbers aren't that outrageously bad. It's a 94 OPS plus. It's not far off from league average. That's Felt not, a lot worse at the time. Probably. That's not Josh Donaldson. Mm-hmm. That's not who he's been. That's not who the Yankees are paying for. But he could very easily, all year we were talking about how, hey, he's walked enough that like the numbers are kind of around league average. Mm-hmm. And there's, if he ever got a hot streak, the numbers on the year would have been like a 115 OPS plus and, right. and all that. That He has the chance to run into a homer. He'll give you elite defense. And that's why I, th- I think the Yankees actually believe in him, or at least if they had to give up an asset to move off from him and then he uh and then he is like any good for whatever team they trade him to they on live tv i mean let me follow that up since this became mostly a donaldson Donaldson which is you know the biggest x factor of the question if donaldson gets off to that hot start or gets off to even a good start what is the scope of trading him? What does that become? Does it become, does it transfer from a dump to let's just sell high and be done with it? I would assume if he's good, they just keep him. Cause he expires after the year. I mean, he has the buyout and stuff too. If a team wants to trade for him, I think they will. I think it then becomes like Glaber is movable. Yeah. Uh, he's the guy with the most value got, during halfway through the year, he'll be year and a half left. Those are usually when you can get a guy at their like peak value Mm -hmm. besides like if they have like all their time left, but usually they're not the main piece in that kind of trade. So I I think if Donaldson's like fully good and we, and we're trusting it, 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 and everyone else is healthy and all that, like it's likely a Glaber's available to be moved situation. Mm -hmm. And then you get whatever a repeat of what happened last year. For sure, yeah. um, which I'm sure they're trying to avoid. It becomes if, if the the opportunity for whatever this year's version of the Glaber for Pablo Lopez swap is that almost happened. I guess that becomes on the table, and then Volpe comes in. Yeah, to the equation. Yeah, that would open up playing playing time for Volpe. They have they have IKF who is infield depth. Um, Honestly, like that's that's, that's kind fine. of a nice bench piece. Like I, I don't hate that. Again, it's not a popular thing to say. Usually, not a popular thing to say in this room. Mm. Um, but like, I understand why they didn't like just non-tender him and, or sell him for literally nothing. Because um, he is the the Yankees view him as at least capable of playing shortstop and they don't have that many options for that. Right. That you like, you know, can hit a little in the big leagues. Not that I think I cast a great hitter, but he's hit a little He's your nine hitter. And he's, we we saw him get hot a couple times. That was cool. 
Um, because right now it's, I mean, even the backup shortstop besides him right now is Oswaldo, who, hey, there's a chance he doesn't hit at all. So it, it's all kids besides him. So I, I understand why they didn't just, like, dump him. But I find the Yankees infield incredibly interesting. I find their bench incredibly interesting because they have, like, three guys that can play, like, three to five different yeah, positions. That, and they're, like, into that. There's... We've, we've stumbled into it a little bit, especially as we've, we've started rolling out the PPPs, so check those out again. Mm. Like four or five of them are already at, another one tomorrow morning. Nice. Um, like, there's some... Something's got to happen here that, like, makes it all fully make sense. Um, I don't think this is what the roster looks like in October. That's not a bold yeah. statement at all, but trades or cuts or whatever, this is not what the starting lineup will look like four months from now. No, no. I, um... Switch, we'll switch it back over to your Mets. Get back back over there. Is there... This is one I'm I'm truly like not a, a really aware of, mm. and I'm fairly plugged into the Mets. Let's go. We do, we do talking baseball. I try to cover the whole league. Like, what's like the Mets... Storyline of the spring, mm. uh, like what? What are people like watching for besides like just new guys coming in, or if it is that? That is that is a good question because Mets fans know that when you look at the starting rotation is set. I don't think any like you have Peterson and McGill who have shown flashes of being yeah. they have, good. They have those guys ready to go if anyone goes down. Right, but, but those guys are starting at AAA, which is one. Great AAA depth, too. Kind of tough for those guys because they've proven they can do it at the big league level. You look at the bullpen, it's kind of set, too. You have the top five guys in Diaz, Otto, D-Rob, Brooks Raley, and Drew Smith. You can kind of plug and play with the last two spots there or three spots, whatever you want to do. The real storyline is who is going to step up and bat fifth this year and protect Pete Alonso. They have a ton of candidates that can do it, but last year, no one really stepped up and did it. Everyone did their part, and that's why the Mets were a good offensive team up until mm. basically the last two weeks of the season when it mattered most. You have Vogelbach, who is not, in my opinion, like a true power hitter, but he's a great on-base guy, has good leverage stats, has done all that, but he's not the guy that I think is going to fill that void of the five-hole. You have Darren Ruff, who was an absolute disaster, who is... Technically, it's still on the team, but no one has seen him at spring training, so we don't really know where that stands. That's a whole other thing. Tommy Pham has done things in the past. I'm not sure he's that player anymore either, but a good bench piece nonetheless. And the guy, or I guess the guys that I have my eye on for this are Mark Canna and Eduardo Escobar. Now, Escobar had the month of Escobar in September and was fantastic. He had a good April where he walked a lot, and then everything in between was really, really bad. Mm. For basically four months, Eduardo Escobar was well below league average, wasn't playing a great third base, but I think Mets fans were so used to seeing J.D. Davis, and no offense to him because we love him, Todd Frazier over there, and it just wasn't... Th- at that point in his career. At that point in his career, he wasn't as savvy as he used They haven't had gold glove They haven't had even defense, league average so. defense at third base in a long time. Eduardo Escobar was better, but he he's, wasn't bad. Fine. Makes plays. Makes a couple good picks. Had some highlights last year. The one I'm looking at is Canna. Canna said to the media he wants to hit 10 more home runs than he did last year. Canna honestly was 
everything you could have asked for last year, considering what his contract was. He's on a three-year deal. He's in year two of that. Uh, last year, he had 13 home runs. He had a 367 on base, a 122 OPS plus. If Canna can be a 20 home run guy and Eduardo Escobar can sort of just become even a shade of what he was in September consistently, I think the Mets have a good shot at filling out the middle of their lineup. Obviously, all of this would have been solved if Carlos Correa was a Met. Mm. He's not. That would have been the solution. He's not a Met. Whatever you have to move on, the Mets obviously have. If one of Canna or Escobar in their second year, more so in Escobar because this is a contract year for him, and if he's right. not good in August... Biggity's waiting, and he can be traded as a rental. So there's a lot of pressure on him. Mm. I know Mets fans love him, and he loves being here. So it's you know sort of immense pressure in that facet as well. Still hit 20 home runs last year. Still slugged 430. Was still a doubles guy. But we need to see it more consistently this year. And if we do, the Mets have, the, have a very interesting predicament on their hand where they have a Brett Beatty who's feasibly ready to be a big leaguer, mm. even though he's young and hasn't gotten a ton of run at AAA. By that trade deadline, he will be ready. I'm, maybe he'll be up even before then with injuries and all that stuff. Like a, the the goal for this year is by end of the year, him to be the third baseman. Right. Ka- kind of no matter what. Right? And Eduardo Escobar can throw a huge wrench in that plan if he decides to be the hitter that he was in 2019, 2021, when he was an all-star. Because that version of Eduardo Escobar, I would be totally fine being the five hitter in the Mets lineup, a switch hitter, with some pop playing yep. third base that can protect Pete Alonso. Well, they're well, they're going for a championship. You yeah, know, they're you want a guy you can you can rely on. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. There's and they've been like all last year too. It was it was a, a thing Jimmy loved about the Mets that they're like one to four is very consistent. That's kind of always change. been yep. them unless Nemo Marte, Lindor, Alonso will be there. Those guys like play every day and. That's the order they hit in. And McNeil, you can kind of plug in wherever he's, you he's want. He's gonna be wherever. Hit. Yeah. Should he be the five hitter? It sounds yeah. like that's not what Mets fans want. Me and Jerry talked a lot on Shea Station last year about how much we loved when McNeil was at the bottom of the order because when pitchers were looking to reset and get kind of a breather of an inning in like the second or third inning, he was always getting on base at the bottom of the order, setting up the top. Because Nimmo, yeah. we know... At least been, just not giving them a break. Exactly, not letting them breathe, not letting them have an easy at-bat at the bottom. Because um, Nimmo has long been an on-base guy, and then last year he was a big slugging guy. And McNeil at the bottom gave him a lot of RBI opportunities, you know, yeah. pitches to hit Gives and stuff Nimmo like that. Gives Nimmo the opportunity to, not to, just to sell out a little bit on the walks and, and go for a little pop. Exactly. So, but that all hinges on who is hitting fifth and if they're doing a good job. Because that enables the lineup to not reset in that way interesting yeah so that i think is the biggest storyline back to the yanks let's do some yanks i got one more for you i got a good one we already talked domingo a little bit sure whatever he's the five right now mm-hmm. i want to talk a little bit about clark schmidt clark clark i got to watch a lot last year he was pitched a lot in the playoffs as well and he's one of these guys that the Yankees, out of, you know, some necessity, have had to mess with yeah. during his time up between <clears throat> long reliever, even some closing time. I'm pretty sure you got the ninth inning in the big ALDS game three. Yeah, weird weird game. But weird yeah. game. <laughs> and then he started a few games and was honestly pretty good. 
Do you, if you are the New York Yankees, I know that there's a free agent signing probably on the table, a trade that they're probably going to make in months time to figure out mm-hmm. who is going to be the real five. If Domingo doesn't pan out, which I wouldn't yeah. bet on. Or, I mean, I mean, even just, I don't know. Nestor could easily start the year on the IL with this hamstring thing. If they want to slow play him, that's true. I would lean that they let him do essentially a rehab start and cause they treat the first like two go throughs of the rotation anyways. Face I've heard them talk about and, April forever about yeah, how it's so like. I would guess they don't do that, but they definitely could. Because um, I'm I'm looking up and down this bullpen. I really like the Yankees bullpen. Just want to say that outright. Marinaccio as like your seventh guy is yeah, crazy. He's, I mean, he's going to get screwed a bunch of times this yeah. year because he's like the only guy with options. That's true. Abreu um, doesn't have any options left. Yeah, he's he's one of the guys. that's like hmm, he might he might not have a job. Yeah, but. So I'll, I'll ask you this and I'll give you, I, I'll give you like a multiple choice kind of thing. Come the trade deadline, who is the Yankees five starter? Is it Domingo Herman? Do they finally give Clark a chance that in my opinion, I think that he's earned mm-hmm. in his time. Is it Luis Heel, who remember a year or two ago looked really, really good for the Yankees had dominant flamethrower stuff and then got injured He's due back this year, or is it a trade that the Yankees are probably already plotting? Uh, I think the smart money and the and the highest ceiling option has to be the trade. Of course, um, it can never have too much pitching depth. Of course, so so they should be looking into that anyway, and I'm sure they are. But uh, of the in-house guys, I have to lean Domingo. He has the mm. most track record as a successful starter um clark deserves an honest to god chance yeah to start in the big leagues before they make him like fully a reliever but uh because he has the stuff to do to do that too and he was really good in a bullpen role that uh that yeah he's you know he has some health stuff so so this is i think his last year to find out like does his arm hold up in a, in a rotation right. workload. Right. Um, and if not, I think he's, he can be very similar to what we've gotten out of Mike King as a guy who can do multiple innings. Like he has the stuff to be like nasty and King was special, special last right, year. Right. So it's an, that's become an unfair, uh, standard to set for him. But this is the year to, they're at least going to keep him stretched out as long as they can. Um, he feels like they're Tyler McGill, David Peterson type thing. Yeah, and the and the thing is, they kind of they don't have a ton of like MLB ready depth. Like they came in with seven guys, which is you know kind of the the minimum you want. Right. That like they're comfortable starting a major league game right now. Uh, that, that included Montas, who was always going to miss at least April. Mm. Um. And it was Domingo and Clark is like your six and seven guys. After that, I mean, there's guys that, that I think we'll see at some point this year. Um, you have Davey down there. Davey's way down there. He's he's kind of a non-option. Mm. He's he's just so lost. Clayton I, I feel Beater, terrible. who they got in the Gallo trade. Yeah, he, I think at some point during the season, will graduate to being a guy that something pops up that can have him do a spot start. I hope we see him this year because mm. um, he's – been good people think he's going to be a reliever long term i think but after after those two it's really johnny burrito is the only one that's like exciting i think that is like 
He's close to MLB Correct ready. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did he strike out Stanton yesterday? I, th- I, I think I, I did I see that. Up. I think I also saw him strike out Donaldson. Go Johnny like, Brito. Thought about doing an easy joke. Yeah, Max Manus tweeted about it. They have, uh, but and then like their like boring depth is like Weber mm. and to a lesser extent, I think Tanner Tully's in nice there. Nice that so. he's back. Yeah, the Web Dog's back. I think he's bought into. Yeah, you call me up when you need me. I'll get a I'll get a day or two of service time and. Uh, you can DFA me, and like I'll come that. right back. Need a guy like that. Eight innings at AAA, and then that's like kind of our to Tommy Hunter. Yeah, Tommy Hunter's been in that role for a few years now. I think he really likes being with the Mets, but he's always been bounce up and down, come up, pitch two innings in a game, send you back down. Yeah, he's. Uh, I guess he's bought into it. The he hit the Yankees. I think this is kind of what Weber's role is at this point in his career, barring some sort of resurgence said uh, that I don't believe a lot of people are, are aiming for. He's 32. So mm. if you're going to be an up and down guy, I, th- I think the Yankees generally treat their triple a team, especially if you're a guy with MLB service time. Yeah. I think you get paid decently well and they have pretty good facilities. So mm. I think it, if you're going to have this role, the Yankees are a good spot to do it. So I think he's, he's pretty bought into to doing, doing that. But the, Circle back, yeah. They they don't they don't have a lot of MLB ready guys that like you're gonna be stoked about. Right. Brito is the only one, and, and he can easily not be an option. Luis Heel was awesome in the in the you know little taste of him we got in 2021 with all the COVID absences and all that. He doesn't have a timetable, but I I still really he's only 25. I still he, really like him. Yeah, he'd be. Back half of the year um, availability, I, I assume. Struck out 38 guys in 29 innings. He was awesome. I think he was really good. I think the scouting report on him, which you know, I only, you only know so much about a sure. guy. But uh, like I, I think people see him as a guy who's not going to stick as a starter. He's had control issues throughout the minors, mm. but he has the stuff to be like a really exciting reliever if that's his future. And he'll, he'll at least get some chances to start before making a final decision on that. Yeah, last um, year was tough at AAA. He had a 6.2 walk per nine. Yeah, he. Uh, I know control is a big thing with him, which yeah. it is for a lot of guys in the minors. So, hey, maybe they can tweak something and find out. But he wasn't like this heralded prospect that they're like – Expected that they expected anything for when they got him. Really, that uh, there's a chance he's at sort of his peak, mm. and that's a guy who's going to outstuff you from the bullpen. Right, that's awesome. He was awesome in his starts, and I'd love to see him get a chance. Because hey, if you can get a guy who's going to be a good starter, you you see if that's a possibility. He's, he's for the him. upside pick. Yeah, he'd be if he's around at some point. He should get a start in in that kind of situation. But uh, I think people who who are even nerdier about this than I am or a little bit like, I think you just caught people by surprise. You know, you haven't seen a guy sure. yet. So I, th- I think that that's what a lot of people attribute his, his starts to that year. I don't think he's like got, I don't know. I'm uneducated on his pitch mix, but, but I don't think he's got like a four pitch mix. That's right. going to fully play, but he was really exciting when he saw him. And I want and I'm excited to see him again at, at some point this year. BBD. I have one more question for you. And then I think, It'll probably take us time, right? Probably. Probably. About probably. So. You've gone longer than I anticipated. I think one more range. question, and this I think this is my most fun question, and it's definitely a, a BBD take Ooh. question. 
Yankees big splash signing of the offseason, Carlos Rodon. We're all familiar. Great episode of Talking Yanks if you didn't listen to it. Instant reaction. Garrett Cole last year had, what do you have, a 3-5, led the league in home runs allowed, but still a good season, really showed up in the postseason mm. when it counted most. And I think you guys said on your PPP that <coughs> you would be okay with Garrett Cole having a similar season this year, like repeating that. On that the whole, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to ask you, it's kind of a two-part question. Part one is, who has the better year between Garrett Cole and Carlos Rodon? Part two is, who do you want to have the better year between Garrett Cole and Carlos Rodon? Who do you want to be the ace? What puts the Yankees in a better situation, both financially, team outlook-wise, in terms of who is the number one of this club? Because either either of them could feasibly be a game one starter. They've been number ones. Uh for the last couple years, uh, Cole, I guess, a lot for longer. But uh, I guess technically what would be best for the Yankees is is Rodon being just nasty and him being the best, mm. um, the value they'd be getting on, on that deal. So that's technically what's best for the Yankees. I, I think there's much more pressure. They, they need Cole to be Garrett Cole. That's the thing. I, I think the reason I asked is, you know, Cole's the $36 million guy. If Rodon's better because he just has an incredible year that he's capable of having. No all, one's mad about it. We're him. all fine about that. Um, right. The But Garrett Cole is the ace of this team. And, and I'm going to probably be saying this for the next however many years are on his contract and, and beyond that. Like Garrett Cole this year, he finishes exactly with a 3-5. That game against the Royals... ICAF makes two errors in an inning that are that are scored as hits, and they're so clearly errors. Mm-hmm. And they directly led to five runs that go down as earned because they didn't mark them as errors. And I, so his ERA should that by itself, I think, gets him to like just under a three three. And then he had really just three terrible starts to start right. the year. I um, mean, one of the it's so on the whole he was good last year. One of the starts that I always think back to um, for Garrett Cole was the Mariner start. In early mm-hmm. August, where I think he allowed six in the first inning, home runs to like Kalnick and, yeah. S- and Suarez, and then he still went six innings that game. He had he had a couple starts kind of like that. So like even which is cr- what's kind of crazy about his year because even his awful starts, like he still he like last <laughs> he the one that that had a lot of debate on on this show was his start against Baltimore on May twenty third. Sam's birthday. Nice. Um, Good friend. They were at home, and eight he innings, gives up, runs he gives up five run. earned and then last eight <laughs> innings. That's a funny line. 11 it's, Ks, too. No walks. So it's like, I, it's like I, I think that he almost got, like, Jake Jake's pride and Jimmy's MFR. Mm. It's like, because like he wasn't. They lost that game. He wasn't good, and they lost by like directly because of that because of four runs in the third. But like he lasted, I forget what the state of the Yankee bullpen was at the time, but like they just used Wandy for one after right. that. And and so he did, he did kind of reset the pen. So it was, and that is something such that, a weird stat line, but he did that a couple times between that, that Mariners game. Right. He would like still kind of turn in a stat that's a start that was statistically Fine. Like, that's something that Rodon doesn't necessarily give you. Whereas his, you know, his stuff is probably more electric at Mm. this point. He's younger, all of that. But Rodon, 
only went seven innings or more in six of his 31 starts last year. So yeah. Like they're opposite pitchers in that way, which is why I think the question is interesting. Yeah, Rodon, I'm excited to see what he's like. Of course. Like start in, start out. Like what's his, how does he persevere when he, when he's not got his A stuff or he's mm. getting hit around a little bit, uh, when he is going to have some like Yankee Stadium growing pains because I think he's used to, especially in, in San Fran this year, pitching, just pitching righties up and right, away, right. and you like cannot do that Can't in Yankee do that Stadium because they'll poke if it's it. Guy that's got any power, you can just lift that over the over the porch, and uh, and you know the other stadiums aren't exactly big in the AL East, so the Yankees shouldn't get all the ire. Toronto moved in their fence, but uh, yeah, getting uh, uh, dancing all around the question. They, they need Garrett Cole to be Garrett Cole. Mm-hmm. And that, that's is that what you want as a Yankees fan? Yeah, you want um, Cole to be the guy, especially just with where where their salaries are at. It's just because I'm sure there are Yankees fans that are that would be down for Rodon to take the keys and be the ace. Yeah, if he that's there's sort of two different things because if he's if he just is better, sure, yeah, but uh, but it, a lot of Yankee fans' feelings about the team are going to hinge on on Garrett Cole being who he is, and he's going to end up. People, it hasn't been talked about yet, so I'll sneak it in at the end of this episode. Sure. Garrett Cole has an opt out after next year. Does he really? Yeah, it's kind of a fake opt out because the Yankees can just tack on a year and say, "You're no, you're still here." Mm. Um, Interesting, but like, yeah, there it is. He can opt out <laughs> if he's. <laughs> If he's, I guess it's more a question for next year. Or is that, no, no, okay, that is after 2024. He has that. So So at age 33, if Garrett Cole pitches to a value above 36 million feasibly, he could opt out. He he would be, because that'd be four years left at 36 per. Do I have that right? One, two, three, four. 36 times four. I've done this math because if he could beat four for 144 at 33 years old. What was Jacob DeGrom's contract that he just got? 5175 at 30 34? Yeah, it's 34. Old, older this than year. Cole will be at that at the time he makes that choice. Yeah. That's now really the, interesting. Now the Yankees have the option to just tack on another one for 36 on top and Right. Okay, that's done. You know, I didn't think of the the possibility of that timeline, but when you liken it to DeGrom is going to make 40 mil in 24 and 25 like and Cole's think, been way healthier than DeGrom. Yeah, like unless Cole like is hurt that year. Which I would be shocked. Cole's so this like year kind of doesn't matter for it, but just in general, you want him to have a good year. Cole really is never hurt. He hasn't been hurt since like 2016. No, he That's had... That's crazy. I don't think he... He nursed a hamstring thing down the stretch in 21, which... Every full season since 17, he's made at least 30 starts. Like he, his, his 2021 doesn't look as good as it should because he... he Battled through that hamstring thing at the end of the year that mm. it clearly affected him and affected him in the playoff start. Should right. he have? Should he have missed a, a start or two or, or taken an IL stint? Maybe like at that. But at that point in the year, it was September. Kind of needed to make sure. Kind of needed him to figure out if he can work through it. Yeah. The last two little... years, his stats just don't look the way they should have. Yeah. That's that sucks for him. Um, fortunately, I haven't seen too much. Hating on him for it, mostly like, from most non-Yankees fans. Yeah, is where that would come from. Yeah, like it's like Yankee fans haven't been 
nearly as harsh as like their reputation is sure. for, for being harsh on a guy. So they've treated they they've, they've been fairly fair about that. But yeah, other people like talk shit about about Cole as as like not being a real ace. Even with that, like, kind of meh end of the year to leave sort of a bad taste in the mouth. He finishes second in Cy Young. And 21, you got to remember, that's a that's a wild card race. That's not yeah. the Yankees had the division the wrapped Yankees up. were, yes, that's true. They they were, they were fighting away to in the make, wild card, so they finished third. the playoffs. Right? They finished third. Yeah. yeah. They, so they were in they kinda it was a weird, them. like, four-way tie possibility going yeah. into that last day of the, the year. the Jays were right there. Yeah. Jays, Mariners were right there. They, uh... Yeah, so Garrett Cole, this will be a big year for him in the perception of Yankee fans. With that said, he's been he's gotten Cy Young votes every year as a Yankee right. and All Star every year that there's been an All Star game. So I'm uh I'm I'm pretty much a blind believer, but Garrett Cole and and he will ultimately be judged by the postseason. Mm-hmm. He'll and he was good. He, was good he showed up last, last year. year. I mean, did, more than what either you of the Mets guys. To do. So. The like the Houston start doesn't stick out, but five innings, three runs. You like more from him, but they were already down two zip. Like, yeah, he was really good against Cleveland. I, I mean, they really needed them. You know, if he blows it up in Game Four against Cleveland, the series ends, and that's short rest, right? Because that's yeah, Game One was, and Game Four. I believe so. Yeah, he was on he was four days rest four than he was in one. Yeah. So. So. Gonna be interesting. Gonna be interesting. The Mets are gonna be interesting. I don't know. Shout out SeatGeek again. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, sorry there's no Jimmy or Jake. I don't have to tell you. Jake got married. Sometimes you're going to get me. Um, love you guys. Enjoy everything that we've got here. Uh, Tom Grams. Oh, Yankees.